Thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. I'm G-Force O'Neill, the real brains of this operation. Hey, Dad, can we go get a sandwich? All right, what's going on, you guys? Episode number 62, the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by. Our brand new studios right on the shores of uh, Lake Union. Thanks to the hundreds of thousands of people that are spinning the Ron and Don Show. It is now more popular as a podcast than it ever was in terrestrial radio. As a terrestrial radio tower dies, so we thrive when it comes to podcasting. And don't forget, we have a great sponsor around here uh, that can help you uh, do your podcast. So we're going to hear from one of them here uh, coming up here in about, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. So thanks to all the great sponsors there. And we have a lot of our terrestrial radio sponsors that will be joining us in 2020. Also, we're licensed uh, realtors, so don't forget, if you want to sit down with us, we'd love to sit down with you. Reach out to Ron, Ron at windermere.com. It's called a Ron and Don Sit Down. And coming up, uh, Super Bowl right around the corner. Roger Goodell has finally come out and said, hey, when you look in the National Football League, something is missing. It's my fault. And we'll tell you what that missing thing is next. Also, doing a Ron and Don sit down. We just had a Ron and Don sit down. And I began to cry. Carol began to cry. And I'm going to tell you why we were both crying. This just happened a couple hours ago. We'll get to that. And, Ron, we didn't have enough tissue uh, there. In fact... You're a very emotional man. Yeah. Am I? I think even when people see you, they wouldn't expect that this big, oh. muscle-bound, oh. uh, chiseled veteran would <laughs> come in and start weeping like a like a little baby. Yeah. So, anyway, and then also... Can we stop the... Uh, can we... Can we stop the program? Stop the show. We have to stop the show because I was listening to one of our past podcasts and Ron was telling us about the richest man in the world by the name of just Bezos. And then in the middle of him telling us this story, we found out that there's more to the story and so much more to the story. It's an unbelievable story is what I was yelling in the car. I'm like, there's more to this. And I was yelling at us and I'm like, well, we didn't know. Hey, you and then I was, I was realizing I'm, I'm yelling at me from the past. Yeah, and, and there's new information that has come out. Yeah, and I could have picked up the phone and just yelled at you, but instead I'm, I'm, I'm somehow interacting with these guys named Ron and Don as just kind of a podcast listener. Uh, and I suspended reality and I just kind of became a podcast fan. So, so. yeah, we should, um, you can go back and listen to me tell the whole story of how Jeff Bezos phone was hacked by the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Episode 57 of the Ron and Don show. If you want That's to check incredible. Out. But now we're learning. Okay. So it's picture, put yourself in Jeff Bezos shoes. Which is hard to imagine, but just imagine Jeff Bezos for a minute. You uh, met this beautiful woman in Los Angeles, left your wife and children. And they're very nice shoes, by the way. You paid $36 billion in your divorce settlement. <laughs> is that what he paid? $36 <laughs> billion. Mackenzie wow. Bezos went immediately became the richest woman in the world. Yeah. Immediately. Single woman in Good the world. Good for her. Uh, and so you have $36 billion. And then all this, it's been bugging you. It's been stuck in your craw. How did all this personal information about me get out? So you go out and you find the best security guy money can buy. Gavin DeBecker, I think is his name. And you come in and you say, Gavin, figure out what happened. 
and you pay him his fee. So he comes back with his report, and he's like, okay, Saudi Arabian prince, uh, that happened. So Jeff Bezos, I'm sure he was pretty angry that Jeff Bezos uh, met the crown prince at a dinner party. Um, he They exchanged phone numbers. He gets a text message a couple months later, embedded in that photograph in the in the WhatsApp. Uh, was a, Hackers got into his phone, started sending all the data from Jeff Bezos' phone back to Saudi Arabia. And then, uh, so that's one leak. Now, though, the security expert is also saying, Jeff, uh, private meeting, cone of silence. Let's go into the Jeff Bezos spheres when, late at night when no one's there. This is the new stuff. The other part of the leak <laughs> is coming from within the house. Right. It's, it, it's, it would, turns out that the, the, the security expert believes that Lauren leaked the information to Lauren's brother the mistress who leaked the information to the national Enquirer, and got money for it and got money for it. But yeah. this was before Jeff had left McKenzie. Okay. So we don't, what do you do now? I don't know. 30. <laughs> is this a $36 billion affair? Cause in, in this security expert and the reason why you would have security experts like this. And you, you think about this, uh, Bill Gates, his daughter, front page of every publication today and you look at the diamond ring that she's and by the way she got engaged you look at oh, the, I didn't know that. you look at the diamond ring that she's wearing and anyone around the world that is a criminal or a crook would love to steal that diamond ring in order to steal that diamond ring you have to steal her in order to steal her and her diamond ring you have to know where she's at in order to know where she's at you have to be able to get through a security team or to get through the security team you have to have security experts to get through the security team so you kidnap her in order to kidnap her to get to her and the ring you would have to know people the special ops that would be able to do this because bill gates has hired special op people right so it's your people against their people and then you think how much would bill gates be willing to pay if you were to steal his daughter. And it's one of the reasons why you never hear about the security that surrounds, especially a lot of these tech billionaires, but there is probably more security out there, I would imagine, covering Bill and Melinda Gates than there is possibly even the president of the United States because not only can he afford it, but you have to demand that. And then you think about the Americans that are kidnapped all over the world each and every day and it's a business. There's a lot of folks out there. I think I read somewhere that Bill Gates spends around a million dollars a year. So almost a little on security? Cl- close to a hundred thousand dollars a month oh, on security. No, no, no. More than that, you're thinking? Just I, I know someone that works in a security team at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Their job, if somebody walks in the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, is they're the trigger person and well, I'm not if, counting if, the one at the at the workplace. Well that, just no private. no no that that the workplace follows them wherever they go. So they so have north of a million dollars a year. Oh, that no, that's that's nothing. Okay, that is nothing, because you have the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation security team, and then wherever they go, part of that team leaves with them, and then when they get on a plane, travel anywhere in the world. Okay, that's so a huge security for ba- so, back to Bezos. You're so, Jeff Bezos. So my my point my point is you would you have to believe that Jeff Bezos would go out and hire the very best well, the security best. people in the world. And now there's so an argument. So who argu- do you believe? There's an ar- that's, it. that's the argument. Do you believe his mistress, who is now his girlfriend, 
And she's not saying anything, but it sounds like it's at the brother who's kind of going, ah, I don't know what you're talking about. And selling pictures, National Enquirer. And the National Enquirer, it sounds like they're saying, yeah, that's where we got this information from, was from the brother. And it seems like Jeff's security team is, is, is confirming. So who, would, who is, would you believe? Is, is confirming all this. Who would you believe? Because I, if, cause I, why would if she you, take. If you con- confront him, if you confront her, I, I think it all depends on how she answers the question. If if you if if your security guy gives you a dossier that lays things out in a specific timeline and they have IP addresses or however it worked, and then you just say, Lauren, I'm going to give you one chance here. Tell me what happened. What would the chance be, though? What to, would the to, chance to, to like either our our relationship either continues or ends today? How could it continue though? What would the story be where it could continue? I, I, the story was okay. We were we had just started dating. And I sent some naked you, pictures you, of us to my brother. No, you which were is totally weird. You were still married at the time. Mm-hmm. My brother and I were talking about it. He didn't believe me, and so I sent him a couple pictures uh, of and, you naked. Well, th- that would have been later. So then it's like, okay, and then to prove that we were dating, and then the next time I saw my brother, he grabbed my phone when I was in the bathroom and texted a couple more pictures of himself uh, to his phone. Uh, and then erase the, the text messaging. Um, and that's what happened. Like, in other words, if there was a plausible storyline yeah. and he's in love with her, maybe you forgive it. If she, or if she just takes responsibility. See, that could hey, happen. That could, I, I, hey, I, I thought it'd be, I yeah. didn't know that I didn't think you were going to get divorced. I, I did it. And I, I, I feel badly about it now. Yeah. Maybe he could forgive her. No, I, I, w- I was dating a girl that's actually a security expert. And then I get a phone call one night and, and we were no longer dating and it's a phone call from her phone, but it's her boyfriend at the time who had taken her phone. And then I contacted her and she knew nothing about him taking the phone. I had also sent her an email saying, hey, somebody is calling me from your phone, using the phone as a phone. And it's not you, by the way. It's, it's not you. And, and so it, that's what happened. So, so that would be a plausible story. And then he was also writing me from her email. He's sending me emails from her email. And I'm just like... Are you the Lauren in this situation, or are you the Mackenzie in this situation? <laughs> I don't know, but it it, it 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 took me a while to kind of figure you're out. You're definitely not Jeff. <laughs> I don't you are not Jeff Bezos. It took me a while to kind of figure out what was going on here. I think you're Mackenzie in this scenario. But when you tell me that story, I it would be easy to say, ah, uh, that's not plausible. But in this particular case, yeah, I think people do steal the technology of other folks and then to pretend to be somebody uh, that they're not. So that could happen. It could happen. It if probably didn't smart, happen. If you're smart, you're believing your security expert. Why would she which, do that though? Do you think for her? Do you think it was really proving to the brother that hey, I'm 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 in a I relationship? I don't know. She could have thought that oh, there's no way he's ever going to divorce his wife and lose thirty six billion dollars. So uh, maybe I can blackmail him down the road. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But Jeff Bezos now is in a very sticky situation because you either you have to either believe one or the other. You can't yeah. believe them both. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we get more detail. This is the weirdest <laughs> story. You, you never get this out of Berkshire Hathaway. No. Hey, uh, Super Bowl coming up, and uh, Roger Goodell says, you know what? We are not doing something in the NFL, and I just want to admit it. I'm surprised you admit it. Let's talk about it next. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. We'll see you in one minute, you guys. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. To the Ron and Don Show. And yes, my dad's pretty annoying. All right. We'll be right back. 
Hey, do you need some great real estate agents? Consider Agent Ron and my dad, Agent Don. Yeah. All right, before we get out of here, we just did a Ron and Don uh, sit down. We sit down with people that are off on a real estate journey, and I start crying, and it's because Carol started crying, and we're going to tell you why we were, cry- we were crying mess. And Ron is sitting over there with that just going, what are you two doing? And I'm like, hey, give me another one of Carol's cookies or fantastic for some coffee. Give me a Kleenex, would you? So, Super Bowl coming up, something we always talk about. There's not enough. Uh, NFL owners that are African American. In, in fact, out of 32 NFL owners, guess how many are African American? I would guess zero. There's zero, right? Zero African. There's American one owner. minority owner who is, I believe, he's um, Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern. Yeah, it's Middle Eastern. So uh, there's, there's, there's. This is this is kind of cool. Re- I've been reading a book on Jay Z, and Jay Z has been trying to own an NFL team here for the past couple of years, but they're just not an opportunity because what they they're doing now it used to be. Uh, families would sell off these teams because they didn't know how to run them. And now what they're doing, if you look at Jerry Jones, for instance, I know his son, Jerry Jr. Jerry Jr. has been groomed. In fact, he was in charge of the arena team in Dallas for a number of years. And he's been by his father's side for the last 40 years, uh, in the last 25 years with the Dallas Cowboys. And so he's being groomed to run that team. Uh, the late Paul Allen, everyone thought he'd sell. Jody Allen's decided we're not going to sell. We're going to keep this yeah, team. Yeah, there's only 32 of them. Yeah, in the we're going to keep this team. We're going to keep it in the family. And a lot of times we see this happening now because of what happened here with the Seattle Supersonics. It's like, what if they would have kept the Supersonics in the family versus saying, hey, the team's for sale, and then they end up moving this team. And there's a lot of families out there that don't want the backlash. It's like, hey, we saved this team. We brought this team. That's what Paul Allen did. We're going to make sure the team stays here and not some carpetbagger come in that they would come in. And I'll be interested to see team. what Roger Goodell tries to do. He's a very reactionary commissioner. Like he only responds uh, when he's backed into a corner. Yeah. They say that 70% of the men playing in the NFL are, are African American, 70% of the rosters. This is what I'd ask you to do though, is when they're introducing the Super Bowl teams, look at how many of the players starters are African American. There are times when they introduce both teams, and 100% of the 22 players that are on the, the field. starting squad. Yeah, 100% are African-American. So maybe 70% when you go roster to roster, the 53-man roster, and you look at the practice teams, 10 people on a practice team. Yeah, maybe it's 70%. Your backup guard. But a lot of times, 100% of the players on the field are African-American, and you look up in the owner's box, it's 0%. And then we thought over the years that we'd see more coaches, African-American coaches. Roger Goodell has finally came out this week as we head in the Super are they Bowl. they're going to change the Rooney rule and the said, Rooney rule was supposed to get get us more equanimity he said we he, he hasn't said what they're going to do but he admits that there's not enough African-American coaches okay you've admitted it now what are we going to do because you've always leaned up against this Rooney rule and if you don't know what the Rooney rule is uh Art Rooney uh who was in uh Pittsburgh and owned the Pittsburgh Steelers very influential owner has now passed away but the Rooney family uh, Anytime they, there's a coaching vacancy, you at least have to interview yeah. uh, a minority Mike, candidate. Mike Tomlinson, he's the coach there. He's African-American. Tomlin. Tomlin, I'm sorry about that. And they've done a very, very good job in Pittsburgh of making sure the supporting staff is African-American also. Uh, Roger Goodell, is this just lip service because he's getting a lot of heat right now? It's Super Bowl week. And typically what the commissioner does is they come in. He makes $53 million a year, so he's going to be okay. They come in, and if there's anything untasteful about the NFL – they take the bullets, they take the barbs, uh, they take the arrows, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and he knows he's going to be booed and he's going to be uh, uh, not a popular guy. And the reason why the owners love him is because the owners aren't 
Because otherwise, it would be the owners that people are coming. It'd be those 31 white owners, older owners, instead, in these families, instead, it's Roger Goodell is coming in and saying, okay, I'll go ahead and I'll take the bullets this week on Super Bowl week. This to me, this is such a fascinating thing because this is the very definition of institutional racism. And so uh, hear me out here. We've met owners of NFL franchises. We've met head coaches. You ask each one of them to their face, are you racist? They're going to go, no. Look, at I work with all these African-Americans. Uh, I love them. They come to my house. Uh, I have them as guests. I have them as people that I work with. I write them paychecks. I write them paychecks. Like, we're business partners. So you, you say that to every owner, every coach. They make millions of dollars. They live, look, yeah, at, the, look at the mansions. At right, place. so <laughs> they're going to say that. However, and that can be true. However, you zoom out. How is the institution set up? The institution is set up where it is white owners, black employees. I just explained it, yeah. And so, and then this year for the NFL draft, and I this this was all the rage on Twitter a week or so ago. On the NFL draft this year, it's going to be in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's going to be at uh, the Venetian, where the um, when a player gets chosen, uh, picked by a team, they're going to put them on a little boat. Take them across the water no, to the stage. They are no, to the stage, no. and so some very astute African American journalists pointed out, whose idea was it to put a black man on a boat and ship him across the water to his new owner? So that's a little tone deaf. So you look at the structure of the NFL, and the, and also it's predominantly white fans that are being entertained by uh, these black players and that their bodies are getting absolutely wrecked in the process. And so you, you have to acknowledge that first before you can change it. You, you can't just do it with a rule change. You need to, because then you're also going to get, well, who are you going to fire? Which, there's only 32 jobs. Who are you going to fire? Well, if you don't change the perception and the structure of the league itself, the DNA of the league, the coaches, the owners. If you then, don't allow, you're never going to change it. The Jay Z is worth over a billion dollars. Just read a book uh, by Professor Dyson about him, and Jay Z says, you know, people think I am at where I'm at because all my hustle. He said, if you have hustle and you don't have a plan, uh, it doesn't matter. You have to have hustle and a plan. You have to be a planner and a hustler, and he is more than capable and qualified to be an owner of an NFL team, but will he ever get that chance uh, in our lifetime? Uh, coming back, Ron and I just had a Ron and Don sit down with Carol and Ed. Uh, Carol and I cry, and we'll tell you about that next. It's the Ron and Don Show. See you in one minute, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. Ready for a great 2020? Take Ron and Don with you. Just hit subscribe. All right, it's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network, and uh, this is episode number 62, dropping every 
Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So that's new. Get signed up for the Ron and Don newsletter. That way you can stay in touch with us all the time. We send it out uh, every Wednesday morning about 4.03 in the morning. Yeah, just go to ronanddon.com. Click on that radio microphone. It's right beneath our picture. Give us your email address. I would appreciate it if you did that. Yeah. We've been trying to figure out a way how we can connect with people in the Ron and Don Nation when it comes to their real estate journeys. Ron and I did terrestrial radio for over 25 years. And for the first 15 years of our terrestrial radio careers, we would go out a lot because we were in sports radio. So we worked in the Bay. We worked for the Raiders. When we worked for the Cowboys, we would be out with Drew Pearson, Charlie Waters doing the Cowboy games. And we would just, when we were in Dallas, we were out. I think we'd do five shows a week. And all those five shows, we'd be out three times. What we noticed is the show got a little more popular. Uh, there would be people that, and there were just a few, and we shared these stories before, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into it. Uh, but there was a, a couple people that would stalk us, and it got a little scary, especially when Donald Trump became the president. The terrestrial radio station we were working at, they had to go out, hire experts, uh, put up fences and walls and cut bushes uh, because there were people at the radio station, including us, uh, that were getting death threats as a result of that. So what we stopped doing is we stopped taking the show out uh, because we didn't want to have anything happen to us, didn't want to have anything happen to our staff. So we, we stopped doing it. We start getting weird mail and uh, and people saying weird stuff to us and start stalking you on social media and all that all that stuff. Anyway, the one thing that we missed when we sat in that studio, especially for the especially for the last decade, is getting away from the microphone and just connecting with the Ron and Don Nation. We knew that the Ron and Don Nation was out there. One of the reasons why we like going out and doing the show live is because we could connect with people. And we were beginning to lose that connection. You can still connect through a text message or you could still connect. Somebody sent you an email or a picture. But you know how that is. Your kid goes off to college and you can stay connected with them through a text message or on the phone. But there's nothing like just getting face to face with somebody and giving them a look, a touch and a word and connecting that human to human connection. So earlier today, uh, we went up to see our friends, uh, Carol and Ed. And they were, they requested a a Ron and Don sit down. So we went up to see them and they're up north and not here in Seattle. They're up north. And we got to the door and Carol was there and Ed was there and they invited us into their home and we sat down and we began to have a discussion. And the cool thing about the discussion, a lot of times we never even get to the real estate for a while. We just like sitting there and connecting with people that have listened to us for years, and we all feel like we're best friends, right? Yeah. The, the number one question I get uh, is how how do you how do you like the real estate thing? Like seriously, how how, how do you like it? And the, the thing that that I'm finding that I really like is being a part when when someone like a family is making a really big decision. There's a lot on the line, uh, and I can come in and add some clarity or add some expertise or add some direction that maybe they hadn't thought of or maybe frame it up in a way that they hadn't framed it up, uh, and you get a good result out of that. It's really, I really like that. Like just as a human being, like that really gives me energy. I really enjoy that process. And for for whatever reason, um, uh, I have a skill that to me just seems really easy. And, and evidently it's not easy for everybody. Like I can look, I can listen to someone's story and the, the pathways just emerge to me. And like, it seems really simple to me or I can go, someone will give me a very complicated set of circumstances and I'll go, well, it looks like you can do a B or C. And then they're they're, they're, more often than not, 
people are like mind blown yeah yeah you're right and it's like okay so like yeah. for whatever reason my mind just works that way that's true you can do a b or c and then you let people make up their own mind yeah but you sort of can for and maybe it might be years of being in the news business mm-hmm. but maybe my, my mind's just built that way and so it's very gratifying for me it always has been to to take someone and for them to trust me with their story Trust me with details that sometimes are uncomfortable or that they're embarrassed by, and then to say, "Here's a here's a path for you to get to where you you say you want to go," and when they do that, mm. I, I just I find it super rewarding, M- more rewarding than doing radio, to be honest. Like I, I get more of a thrill and more satisfaction out of assisting one family or one person to get to where they want to go than, than anything yeah. else I've done. And when we sit with people, a lot of times they share with us about their life, their, their life uh, transition. And in this particular case, uh, and I think this is okay sharing it because this is okay to share a little bit. And I won't go the whole thing, but Ed has just defeated cancer. And so this family, they've been battling th- this household. This household has been battling cancer. And when you walk through the house, you begin to think about, I wonder what the world would have been like without Ed. I wonder what this household would have been like without Ed if he wouldn't have uh, defeated cancer. Because you see the grand piano and you see his keyboards everywhere and you see his CD collection because he still has CDs. And then as you begin to talk to him, you hear about his love for music. And then as you hear about his love for music, you find out what a great musician he is. And then I look over and Ed is sitting at the piano and Ron and Ed are connecting and Ed is beginning to play his grand piano for you, right? Yeah, he played some Steely Dan. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. It was really cool. And so you were connecting with him and I sat there and, and I was connecting with Carol and we, we, we do this little questionnaire where we just go through and we ask some questions. And then we said, hey, what is it? What, what's important to you when it comes to this real estate journey that you're on? And, and what do you need from us? And she looked at us and she began to cry. I didn't know why she was crying, but I began to cry with her. So her and I are crying for no apparent reason. And then she said, when 9-11 happened, I turned on the radio and I heard your voices. And I trusted you. And she said, I has trusted you ever since. And here you are sitting at our table, looking at us warts and all, looking at our house, looking at our stuff, looking at our pictures, looking at a bed. Maybe it's made, maybe it's not. Looking at my homemade cookies. Here's a loaf of bread I made for you. And we're telling our story and we're telling you what we'd like to do with the rest of our lives, with the rest of our minutes and moments. And what's important to me is that we have two men here that we feel like we can trust. For the last 10 years of sitting in a studio behind a microphone, I never knew that Carol was out there. I thought she was. And when I sat down at her kitchen table, there she was. And we had that connection. And I'm so proud of that. She says, Ron's great, but I'm vibing with you. She did. (laughs) Anyway, 
So we're going to go on this journey. I just got an email from her a little bit ago. She said, you know what? We pick you. And uh, and we pick them. And so we're going to go on this real estate journey together. And we got a really fun and in some ways kind of a tough but a really exciting road ahead of us. We'd love to be a part of your journey too. I tell you all the time because this is a sales pitch, how you can reach out. So just find a way and reach out to us. He's Ron. I'm Don. Keep your head up, your shoulders back. And Carol, thank you for listening since 9-11. Thank you for trusting us. And thank you for taking us on this journey. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. See you next time. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.